You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Well, good afternoon, everyone. I hope you had a good Christmas. I certainly enjoyed mine. Uh, we went over to uh, Louisiana to see my youngest son, who was a Blackhawk pilot, and, uh, and his wife and my grandchild, uh, young Caleb, who is turning into quite an active little guy at the age of about one and a half years old. So we enjoyed that. And then we got back to uh, our home uh, just in time to have to go into our safe room because there were four tornado red code red alerts in a row in this area of East Texas. And uh, we were very lucky because none of them touched down in Banzad County, although we did get a tremendous amount of flooding in the area. We didn't do any in our place, which is up on a hill, or at least a small rise. But uh, a lot of the county got hit pretty hard by the torrential rains and the flooding. We had over six inches at our place in about 12 hours. But my, hearts and prayers, my heart and prayers go out to the people of Dallas and now the people in Missouri who are suffering under this horrendous winter weather and the uh, people in West Texas who had major blizzards out there around the Amarillo and Lubbock area. And, of course, in Dallas, Garland, Rockwall, Roulette, uh, got hit real hard by tornadoes uh, the same night that the tornadoes passed over us. Yeah, and there were a number of deaths, and I, at last I heard, over 1,600 homes and businesses were destroyed or damaged. So, plus 11 lives being lost, and a number of lives have been lost in Missouri due to the flooding. So let's keep all those our fellow Americans in our prayers, because they're not in for a very happy New Year at this point. Uh, they're just going to try to recover and uh, do what they can to get on with their lives. So it's a real, real concern of mine when something like this happens, particularly when it happens around the holidays. But hopefully all of you listening will have a happy new year, and we'll go into the new year with maybe some hope. But I'm afraid that we're in for a tough 2016. And I think we're in for a tough 2016 because... Obama is a lame duck president, essentially. He's his last year in office, if he decides to leave office, which is questionable. But it's his last year in office, and he is going to continue to try to do as much damage to the United States of America and to the people that live in this country as he can. Because that has been his goal from the beginning. That's what he said when he was running for president. 2008, that he wanted to fundamentally change the country, which was his code word for destroy it. And he has done a remarkably good job over the course of the last seven years in doing significant damage to our country, to our military, to our economy, to our freedoms, our individual liberties, and he's going to continue to do that. And he's going to do it with a vengeance. My first prediction is, is that right after New Year's. In fact, it could happen on New Year's Day. But I think he'll wait until he gets back to the White House. Oh, by the way, this the figures are out now on his latest vacation that Obama's taking. 
uh, in Hawaii, and it's costing the American taxpayers $470,000 per day for he and Michelle and the children to enjoy their annual trip to Hawaii. And the total is going to be over $8 million. The total for all the vacations that they've taken and all the trips they've taken is over $50 million. And that's when the rest of us have been told to tighten our belts, to not overspend, to not overindulge ourselves, that uh, we need to tighten our belts and to look out for people around the world and to uh, make sure that we don't show our, any opulence in the face of poverty in the rest of the world. And certainly we need to change the way we live so that we can take care of the climate change, which, according to Obama, is a much greater threat to our national security than ISIS is, or the jihadists, any of the jihadists are, or the Iranians are, or the Russians are. It's all about climate change. So we're going to see a lot of new regulations coming out, probably about 4,000 more. They just issued about 4,000. There'll be about 4,000 more, as I understand it, coming out that are going to attack our industry, industrial base, going to attack our energy uh, industry, going to try to shut down our coal industry to make us continue to be dependent upon foreign oil. And you know, right now, everybody's enjoying the low gasoline prices. But I'm not sure how long that's going to continue because Obama's determined to shut down our oil industry. I mean, he already vetoed the Keystone Pipeline, which would have created jobs and given us access to a huge supply of oil out of Canada and oil that's much cheaper than what we get out of the Middle East. But Obama, you know, he's got his agenda, and his agenda is to destroy the United States of America. But back to what I think he's going to do right after he gets back to Washington from his vacation. He's going to, by executive order, start issuing gun control regulations. The first one is going to be closing the so-called gun show loophole. So what he's going to require is that if you go to a gun show and you want to buy a firearm from somebody who's not a licensed dealer, somebody who's just selling their own personal firearm or selling a firearm from their collection, you're going to have to have a background check. Further, if you want to buy a firearm for a present, for a family member, present, Father's Day present, Christmas present, doesn't matter. You will not only have to have a background check on yourself, but you will have to tell the government who you're going to give the firearm to, and they will have to have a background check done. If you have a firearm that you just want to sell, like at a flea market or something like that, you can't do it. You will have to have a background check done. Now, that means that you can't just sell your firearm. You can't give your firearm away. You can't transfer it in any way whatsoever without going to a federal gun dealer and getting a background check done. Now, this is to do two things. 
number one, to make it very difficult for the people in this country to exercise their Second Amendment rights to have firearms, to keep and bear arms, and second, to register all of the firearms in this country. Now, under federal law, when you go and purchase a firearm and you do it through a licensed dealer, you fill out that application and they you put down a lot of personal information, your social security number, your address, your phone number, and they ask you questions about whether or not you've ever been adjudicated to be mentally ill, and you answer all the questions, and the dealer sends this to the FBI. And the FBI then determines whether or not you're a convicted felon or you have been adjudicated to be mentally ill to the point of being a danger to yourself or others. Of course, there's no adjudication going on when it comes to veterans and our Social Security recipients, but we'll get into that later. And then... If you are found to be able to legally purchase a firearm, then that firearm is transferred to you and the application is supposed to be destroyed. No copy of it is supposed to be kept, either by the dealer or by the FBI. Now, the dealers, as far as I know, do what the law requires. They destroy those applications. Does the federal government... Not since Obama's been in office. I can guarantee this. They have kept a registry of every purchase of firearms that has been made in this country during the last seven years. And that's what they won't do with this so-called gun show loophole that they're going to close. They want to make sure that all the firearms in this country somehow are registered with the federal government. Number one, the government wants to know who has firearms so they can continue their efforts to take them away from us. And number two, the government also has an obligation now, they at least it thinks it does, under the United Nations Small Arms Treaty to turn over a list of all firearms owners to the United Nations. That's required in the treaty that Obama had John Kerry sign. Now, if you recall, Obama said there was no registration requirement in the treaty. John Kerry said there was no registration requirement in the treaty. I was one of the few voices out there saying, hey, I read the treaty. I read the first draft of the treaty. I read the final draft of the treaty that was adopted. And it specifically does require gun registration. It requires registration of all firearms owned in the countries that sign on the treaty and that those lists be turned over to a central registry in the United Nations. Now, you know, this is not supposition on my part. This is what is happening. This is what they're going to do. And as a treaty, and I've said this repeatedly, but it's worth repeating again, as a treaty, and they admit this is a treaty, it's supposed to be submitted to the United States Senate for ratification by two-thirds of the members of the Senate prior to the treaty being put into effect or being enforced. The White House is saying, well, that's not really what the Constitution means. 
What the Constitution means is that Obama can go ahead and implement the treaty, start enforcing the treaty, and then Congress, the Senate, must stop it from doing so by a two-thirds vote. Exactly the opposite of what the Constitution requires. Yet, he's getting by with this. Nothing's happening. It's just like the Republicans in the House and the Senate leadership roll over and allow him to submit the Iran Iran Treaty for a negative vote only in the Congress. And, of course, the Senate blocked it, the Democrats in the Senate blocked it from even being voted on using the cloture rule, which is a ridiculous rule, by the way. So Obama was allowed to go put this treaty in front of Congress because he didn't call it a treaty. The Congress allowed him to call it an executive order or an executive agreement. So he put this in front of the Congress and said, you can vote down this agreement with Iran, but if you do, then I can veto it, which is, again, exactly the opposite of what the Constitution says. Article 1, Section 7 of the Constitution allows Obama to, or the president, to veto legislation passed by Congress, not to veto legislation defeated by Congress. That's what it says, and we'll take our first break now. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. So Congress, basically, the leadership in Congress allowed Obama to turn the Constitution on its head and say, look, I'm going to call this an executive agreement 
and they'll submit it to the Congress for a negative vote, then I can veto that vote, and it'll take two-thirds of both houses of Congress to override it. Of course, that wasn't going to happen. Not with the Democrats there saying, Kyle Obama and marching goose stepping by every time he walks in, they walk in front of him. But that's the way this government's operating. That's the way Obama's doing it. And he's going to continue to do it. He's going to impose this new gun control legislation. He's probably also going to impose other things in violation of the Second Amendment that Congress has refused to pass. And things like banning so-called assault weapons, banning magazines that hold over 10 rounds, banning certain other types of firearms. He's going to do all that by executive order. And he'll be sued by the NRA, which may or may not, with his current Supreme Court, get the court to again uphold the Second Amendment as an individual right to keep and bear arms. Remember, the Supreme Court has done that twice now. But then just recently, the Supreme Court refused to overturn a ban of so-called assault weapons in Illinois. So we don't know what this court would do. But you're going to have groups fighting. But in the meantime, Obama's going to go ahead and impose these regulations. And it's going to really cut in to the Second Amendment and to the individual rights to keep and bear arms. Obama may go further than that. He's right now trying to encourage states to put bans on firearms, to close the gun show loophole, and to start confiscating weapons. And, of course, he is going to continue and accelerate his assault on the veterans, many of whom we at the United States Justice Foundation are representing on an individual basis. He's going to continue to go after the veterans to disarm us. There are 24 million of us in this country. We all took that oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. That oath doesn't expire. We believe in that oath. We're willing to fight for this country today. So we have to be disarmed. He's also going after, as I predicted six months ago, Social Security recipients. We're going to try to disarm them. He wants to start disarming anybody who they declare mentally ill, and mental illness now includes minor PTSD, taking certain types of medications, ever having been depressed. In the case of veterans, uh, letting your spouse pay the family bills, uh, having the bank pay the bills, your bills automatically out of your checking account every month. All of these are leading to veterans being declared incompetent to handle their own financial affairs and then being put on the next list as mentally defective to the point of being a danger to themselves or others. But no adjudication is required by law, just they're on the list. Senator, Senator Charles Grassley, who we've been working with the Senate Judiciary Committee, has determined that 99.3% of the people on the NICS list, the National Instant Criminal Background Checklist run by the FBI, 99.3% of the people on the list under the category of mentally defective are U.S. Army or U.S. military veterans. 99.9% of them is our guess that don't belong on the list. And we're doing our best 
to take them off. And we're doing what we need to do and can do. But believe me, we need some help. We need more funding. Now this We've been doing this for a couple of years now, and it has eaten up a lot of our funding. I know out there a lot of people are donating to presidential campaigns, and they're putting their money there. But the United States Justice Foundation doesn't charge these veterans or their families anything. We've cut our staff down to the bone, except for our legal staff. And our legal staff is still, we're still filing briefs in courts of appeals and the Supreme Court and being successful in some cases, like the amnesty case that uh, came out of Texas and we won in the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. But please consider donating to the United States Justice Foundation. You can go to usjf.net to donate through the website or send a check uh, to our office in Ramona, California, or you can go to my website at www.michaelconnelly.jigsy.com, J-I-G-S-Y.com, and you can find out how to donate there. Because we have a, a local office also here in Texas, and you can send a check to the U.S. Justice Foundation at that local address, and you'll find it on my website. But that's what Obama's going to do on the gun front. Now, what else is he going to do? Well, part of his legacy is to close Gitmo. In Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, we have some of the worst of the terrorists in this country, people who have killed Americans, want to kill more Americans, and Obama's been letting them out. He's had trouble closing Gitmo because of the, the Congress that stood up to him on this and said, we do not want all those prisoners transferred into the United States and the federal penitentiaries in the, in the country. And they are refusing to authorize it. But they also passed legislation requiring that before Obama could release any prisoners from Gitmo, he had to give 30 days notice to the Congress. Well, when it came to Bergdahl, who is a traitor and who deserves to be executed as far as I'm concerned, for not only deserting his post, but causing members of the military to lose their lives trying to find him. He traded, Obama traded five Taliban leaders for this deserter. And he did it with no notice to Congress whatsoever as required by law. So he's going to continue to break the laws. So what's he going to do about Gitmo? Well, he's already doing it. He's just going to let them all go. He's going to send them back to their countries of origin or to some other country, and he's going to allow them to return to the battlefield to kill Americans. It's already happening. An estimated 30 to 40 percent of the people that have been released so far from Gitmo by Obama have returned to the battlefield to fight and kill Americans. This is the way he's playing the game. He's got no loyalty to this country. Exactly the opposite. I'm not sure who he has loyalty to. But I suspect it's probably a religion. A religion that we are basically fighting. I can't prove that. But boy, the evidence is, is starting to mount, continues to mount. But it doesn't care. I believe in God at all. 
Obama may believe he's God. Sometimes he acts like it. But the fact of the matter is he's turning this country on its head. And he's going to close Gitmo by letting all the prisoners loose. He's going to impose gun control. He's going to shut down the U.S. economy as much as he can. And he's going to push for more legislation on climate change. He's going to continue pushing Obamacare, which, as I predicted in 2009, when I read the original legislation, wrote an article that went viral on the Internet. Millions of people read it. It started my, I started my blog based on that article. And by the way, again, you can access my blog at www.michaelconnelly.com. I read the original 1,100 pages of Obamacare that was introduced. That was the first one. They, they kept amending it, adding more to it, and finally... There were 2,700 pages at the end, and I read those 2,700 pages. But in the beginning, I predicted that not only was this an unconstitutional action by the federal government, which it did not have authority to do on the Constitution, because I defy anybody to go to the Constitution and see where it gives Congress or the President the power to regulate health care states regulate any aspect of the healthcare industry. It's just not there. It didn't do it. But I predicted what was going to happen. Obamacare now has been a total failure. Insurance premiums we were promised would go down. They have gone up. Healthcare costs we were promised would go down. It's gone up. Healthcare availability we thought were promised would be uh, more available. Be more healthcare available. Instead, there's less. All of the disasters I predicted under Obamacare are, in fact, happening now. But Obama's going to continue to push for more of the same. What's Congress doing about it? Remember the sigh of relief that everybody felt last November when Republicans took control of the Senate and had a record number of House members, the largest since the Hoover administration. A big sigh of relief. We're now finally going to be able to stop this runaway catastrophe that is Obama. And we were promised that they were going to defund Planned Parenthood. We're not going to allow this all process made in the last couple of months, really. They were not going to allow any money to be spent to bring in Syrian refugees, who we know some of them are members of ISIS or other jihadist groups. That's been proven by what's happened in Europe. We were told that the funding would be cut off for the climate change push for the new regulations that were going into effect by Obama's EPA, that they were going to do something about the EPA, they were going to do something about the Common Core 
spending for Common Core, the federal push for Common Core, which is destroying our uh, ability to teach our children anything meaningful, meaningful about this country. All these things were promised to us. None of them have happened. None of them have happened. Let's take our second break now. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. So all of the hope that we had when this new Congress was elected just a year ago, a little over a year ago, has faded. Nothing is being done to stop this runaway train that is Barack Hussein Obama. He's doing everything he vowed to do when he ran for president and then ran for re-election. All of the things that Congress vowed to block, the Republicans in Congress vowed to block, have been implemented. Remember cap and trade? Remember that legislation that Obama started pushing for right after he was elected and how even a lot of Democrats were scared of cap and trade because particularly in the Senate it was going to destroy the industry the provisions of it it was you know to stop climate change supposedly but the provisions of it would destroy the coal industry destroy the oil industry cause utility bills to skyrocket so it didn't pass Congress but guess what if you look at that bill the legislation the original legislation and then you look at the regulations 
that Obama has had the EPA and other federal agencies issue over the last seven years, that has been adopted. Cap and trade is almost completely in effect without the Congress ever passing it. And this is what we have here, folks. We have a President of the United States who does not care about the Constitution. Now, he took an oath, virtually identical to the one I took as a member of the military. See, his is to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. Preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. Has he done that? Absolutely not. Now, as I've said repeatedly on this program, there are federal criminal penalties for violating that oath of office. If you do something to denigrate the Constitution, or if you do something that's designed to destroy or damage our constitutional republic, then you can be fined up to $10,000 for each offense and put in jail for up to a year. Obama violates that oath of office on a daily basis. So as a result, a couple of years ago, well, actually, it was more than a couple of years ago, when Obama was still in his first term, I wrote an article called Impeachable Offenses, where I pointed out how Obama was violating his oath of office, how he was doing things that were a danger to our country, and he was doing them illegally. He could be impeached. That article exploded. Uh, there's one website out there alone that reported 25 million hits on that article. And the fact that there was so much interest in that prompted me to draw up formal articles of impeachment of Obama. And these articles, there were two articles, but there were a lot of sub-articles in there about reasons for him impeachment. I started back at the beginning of his presidency. When he came into office and decided to bypass the Constitution which requires that unless the Senate says otherwise, all of Obama's appointments to his cabinet members or to agency heads need to be approved by a majority vote in the Senate. Obama started off his presidency by naming 45 czars. Interesting concept, czars in this country. 45 czars with separate budgets that were not controlled by Congress, with, power, with powers that had not been authorized by Congress, and appointed these, and none of them were ever submitted to the United States Senate for, re- for approval. Now, I pointed out then, and I pointed out since that time, that where were our Republican U.S. Senators? We have two Senators from each state. They are elected by the people directly. That wasn't the way it started out in the Constitution. Originally, they were chosen by the state legislatures. But then the, the Constitution was amended, and now they are elected by the people. They have one job, and that is to represent the people that elected them in the United States Senate and to do what is constitutionally required of them. 
that Obama flaunted this, threw it in their faces, said, I'm going to appoint these people and you can't stop me because I'm not going to submit any of them to be voted on by you. Several of the people that he appointed were known communists. Did not one senator step forward and file a lawsuit against the President of the United States, which they could have won, because they were the only ones that had standing to do it, file a lawsuit against the President of the United States saying that you cannot appoint people that have had an agency or a department without me being allowed to represent my constituents and vote on it. By doing what you're doing, you're violating the Constitution, you're violating my constitutional obligation to my constituents, you're violating the right of the people who elected me to be heard. I called back then for somebody to step forward and do that, and nobody would do it. Nobody would do it. We've had Republican senators cave in on appointments in addition to czars, like Loretta Lynn, our new Attorney General, who, after the attack on Americans in San Bernardino, California, where 14 Americans, where innocent Americans were brutally murdered by a radical jihadist, Loretta Lynn came out and said her primary concern after this attack was protecting the Muslim community in this country. And would prosecute anybody that said bad things about the Muslim community or anything that it sounded like would incite people to violence against them. And she's going to decide that. Well, let me tell you, I am going to continue to criticize radical jihad. I want to continue to criticize the so-called modern Muslim community for not coming out and standing up to the radicals in their midst. In fact, protecting them, protecting them from the police, from other authorities. You're not going to silence me. But she was elected, or she was put into her position, despite the fact that it was known that where her sympathies lie, that she's far left and pro-Muslim. She was put in that position because 10 Republican senators voted for her. So I drew up these articles of impeachment. We sent copies to members of the House of Representatives. Back in prior to the 2014 election, a number of people followed up on this with me and contacted members of the House, and contacted the House Judiciary Committee where these articles would go. And they were told by the staff at the House Judiciary Committee that at least one member of Congress had submitted the articles to the House Judiciary Committee for consideration. And that they were going to be considered carefully because they wanted to do it right. Well, that was over a year ago. Nothing has happened. They've not even been brought up for a vote in the House Judiciary Committee. Additional articles have been submitted by other groups. I don't care if the ones I wrote or the ones I voted on. 
I don't care who draws them up, but Obama has committed hundreds of impeachable offenses since he was elected president of the United States. Hundreds. If you want to read my articles, my original two articles are on my website, on my blog, and the additional article I wrote, and you can see all the areas that I talk about, all the potential problems, all the things he's done, not only to violate his oath of office, but acts of what I consider treason, providing aid and comfort to the enemy, which is the definition of treason in the Constitution, providing aid and comfort to the enemy. You can see all of these, go again to my website and blog at www.michaelconnelly.jigsy.com. And while you're there, you can take a look at my booklet on the Constitution, a little pocket-sized booklet that we've sold thousands of copies of so far, and it basically takes each article, each section, each amendment to the Constitution, puts them down as originally written, and then puts my comments about what they really mean. And this has become a valuable tool, apparently, for a lot of people. I know every time I go around and make a speech, and by the way, I'm available to speak to Tea Party groups, Republican groups, Rotary Clubs, Lions Clubs. Uh, I've got a speech coming up in Terrell, Texas. If you live in the Terrell, Texas area, on January 7th, I will be speaking there to the Terrell Rotary Club and uh, their noon luncheon. <clears throat> but these speeches, I always mention the Constitution and I offer copies for sale, and a lot of people will reach into their, their purses or in their pockets and pull out the copy that they carry around with them everywhere. And they'll raise it up and show me that they've already got one. Because it's very valuable when you find hear people say stupid stuff about the Constitution. Like separation of church and state is prohibited by the Constitution. The phrase is not in the Constitution. It never has been. Not in the Bill of Rights. It's not in the body of the Constitution. But it doesn't matter because the left is doing it anyway. And Obama's, that's something else that he's going after. He's going after our basic constitutional rights. First Amendment rights, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of the press, right to keep and bear arms, right to due process. And we'll talk more after our final break. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, 
only on America's web radio. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Well, please take a look at my website and the articles of impeachment, and then contact your members of Congress and try to get them to do something in the House of Representatives. But it's not going to happen. I've accepted that now. Uh, the House is not going to vote to impeach Obama. Uh, they're too afraid of being called racist. They're called racist regardless of what you do. I was being called a racist when I wrote the article, original article in 2009 about Obamacare. I was called a racist for daring to oppose anything that Obama wanted to do. And that's the way it works in this country. That's the way the mainstream media does it. That's the way they, they do it on the campuses, the universities. You're not supposed to be allowed to say anything in university campuses anymore unless it toes the far-left party line. And if you say something and somebody objects to it, they're setting up safe zones for these poor little babies, these poor little crybabies to go and be protected from free speech. I point out in the Articles of Impeachment all of the things that Obama has done what he's done to our United States military, setting up rules of engagement that have gotten Americans killed, what he did with the Iran Treaty, what he's done, what he's planning to do with the Small Arms Treaty, what he's done with the EPA rules and regulations, all of the impeachable offenses that he has committed. Yet our Congress, our Republican-controlled Congress, will do nothing even slow down what he's doing, could even try to impede it. These were the people we elected and tried to stop this. Now let's take a prime example, go back to the Iranian Treaty and the cloture rule in the Senate. Now the Senate is allowed under the Constitution to set its own rules. But the Senate was also set up to represent the states and the interests of the states. That means that under the Constitution, it should be a majority vote on any piece of legislation in the Senate. If the majority votes for it, it passes. If the majority votes against it, it doesn't pass. But then they set up this rule, filibuster rule, and individual senators could take control of the Senate floor and talk for as long as they could stand it, and keep something from being brought to a vote. Then they changed that years later to two-thirds of the Senate had to vote to allow uh, a law to even come to the floor for an up-or-down vote. That didn't last very long, so they made it 60 senators, the so-called cloture rule. 
right now in order to get a piece of legislation that's been passed by the House of Representatives or has originated in the Senate, to even be allowed to, for the Senate to be allowed to vote on it, 60 senators out of 100 have to vote to do that. Now, that means that there are not 60 Republican senators in the Senate, although they have the majority. They can be blocked from voting on something because they can't get 60 votes. The same was true when the Democrats controlled the Senate. The Republicans were able to block certain things. But Harry Reid was in charge of the Senate. He was a majority leader. He, when particularly when they wanted to get some Obama appointees in, he would just cancel that rule for particular votes, which apparently he can do on the Senate rules. Mitch McConnell could do the same thing. We had the Iranian Treaty, a treaty that was treasonous, that is going to allow the Iranians to develop nuclear weapons, is going to give them money, billions of dollars, to use to sponsor terrorism against the United States, against our allies. A treaty that puts all of us in danger. What more important thing can the Senate do than to reject that type of treaty? Yet it was never voted on in the Senate. Because number one, Mitch McConnell decided to let Obama submit it to the Congress, not as a treaty, but as an executive agreement, which he knew was a lie. Then, after the House had voted against the treaty, Mitch McConnell allowed the Democrats to block a vote on the treaty. Forty-two Democrats, not a majority of the Senate, there's 100 members of the Senate, 42 Democrats were allowed to block a vote on the treaty. So it went into effect. Now, if Mitch McConnell had set aside the cloture rule, there would have been an up-and-down vote on that treaty. And it would have been defeated. And then Obama would have had to veto it, and the Senate and House would have had to override the veto. But at least people would have known how their senators voted. But more importantly, let me tell you what I think was really in play here, is Mitch McConnell, John Boehner, the other leaders in the Senate and the House, Democrats and Republicans, knew that what they were doing was a violation of the Constitution of the United States. But this, in fact, was a treaty and should have been submitted to the United States Senate for majority, two-thirds vote to ratify it that it was not an executive agreement, and that even if it was, it had to be submitted to the Congress for a vote on whether or not to pass it. If it had passed, then there would have been no veto, obviously. If it was defeated, it would have just been defeated. But instead, they allowed Obama to submit it for a negative vote only and allowed him to veto that vote, 
despite the fact that that is not allowed anywhere in the Constitution. He would have vetoed it at that point, according to the rules they set up. It would require two-thirds of the Senate and the House to override the veto. Now, the United States Justice Foundation, we and other groups were prepared to file suit the minute that happened. The minute Obama vetoed the vote, the negative vote by the House and the Senate, we were going to file suit, other groups were going to join in, or we were going to join in with them, and the suit was going to be filed one way or the other. To have the courts declare this unconstitutional, have them declare this to be a treaty, and have it submitted to the Senate for ratification by a two-third majority. Now, in order for us to have standing to do that, we needed a member of Congress to step forward to be the plaintiff. But we also needed for it to actually happen. In other words, we needed for the House and the Senate to vote against the treaty, by majority in both houses, and then for the president to veto it. Once he did that, then we could file that lawsuit and we could win. And we could stop this nonsense once and for all. But by Mitch McConnell allowing it to be blocked by the Democrats and never brought to a vote, that scenario never came into play. And then no senator would step forward and be a part of the suit. I offered publicly several times that the United States Justice Foundation would raise the money and handle this for free. We would not charge the Senate member of the Senate to step forward anything. Nothing happened. The Republican establishment right now is only concerned with one thing. And that one thing is not protecting the United States of America, not protecting the Constitution, not protecting the Americans from terrorism. They're concerned with one thing, winning the presidency in November of next year. I don't know if they truly believe that they'll, they, by allowing Obama to run get worse this year and do whatever he wants, that they're going to be able to undo that next year. Begin with, we don't even know that they're going to continue to control the Senate. Right now, people are so disgusted with the Republican Party and the leadership that I'm not even sure they're still going to control the Senate. But say they do. Say they control the United States Senate, but they still don't have 60 votes, and cloture is allowed to stand. Mitch McConnell continues. Then it doesn't matter if the President of the United States is a Republican they're still not going to get any significant, meaningful legislation passed. Is the president going to undo all of Obama's executive orders? He could try. But how's he going to undo the fact that under this executive action in Iran, that the Iranians are going to get over $100 billion of the money back that's been seized from them? He can't undo that. That'll already been done. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we need to pick up the fight, and we're going to do it at the U.S. Justice Foundation. Go to our website, usjf.net, and tribute to us. Go to my website at 
michaelconnelly.jigzy.gsy.com. Read my blog. Keep up with what I'm doing, what I'm writing about. And you can there are also buy copies of my books and copies of the Constitution. And my book, The Mortarman, has been a big seller during the Christmas holidays. I'm a dad junior during World War II. You can read all about the books, and you can read all about me and who I am and what I'm trying to do for our country. I hope everyone has a happy and blessed New Year. Our prayers go out to those who are suffering right now from the storms. Our prayers go out for the Christians who are being persecuted around the world, nothing being done to help them. And mainly my prayers go out for our country so that we can possibly save it. God bless, and I'll talk to you again next week. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.